Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, good people and inhabitants of planet Earth, both foreign and domestic, welcome to the Dear Human Paradox. I am your host, Darius Riddick, and I would like to thank you for joining me in what is nominally the next stage of evolution, generational health wealth for humankind. Uh, before we get started on this day in history, April 27th in 1967 is the infamous day that Muhammad Ali refuses army induction. Now, obviously at the time, there were a lot of people that were avoiding the draft and not wanting to go to war because of all the horror stories and the men coming back from war. And it was just a very odd decade in history from 1960 to 1970. Um, and I'm, historically, of course, you know about many of the events and many of the events that shaped the way that we live today during that time period. But um, I wanted to mention that just because, you know, it's today, you know, there's something uh, special about serving your country and, and you know, uh, volunteering to do things that 99% of people won't. And if you're a part of that 99%, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're a part of that 1%, then, you know, thank you for your service and uh, protecting us and serving a nation and um, operating in some of the most austere environments in some of the most emotional, uh, physical and, and, and mental straining situations. You know, we, we, we thank you. Um, but <clears throat> that's not why we're here today. Uh, today we're here to continue our conversation about this idea of developing skeletal muscle. So for those of you that have been around for the last few episodes, then you understand what, uh, what exactly that we've been talking about when we speak on the enigma of skeletal muscle, but just as a recap, um, skeletal muscle, right, is the focus for a lot of the things that we talk about in the Dura human paradox, because, Besides being responsible for just general locomotion, muscle is is uh, the governing body for every single thing that you do. From you being able to get up in the morning, to drive your car, to go to work, to look juicy in the gym, getting your gains, um, to just to be able to pick up your kids, to be able to take care of the old folks, <laughs> to be able to follow your dreams to requires a certain level of muscular function. So uh, with that being said, if we could improve the uh, functionality or the strength, the power, the force production, uh, the output of skeletal muscle, then in theory, we could uh, improve everything linked to it, including movement. I mean, because that's the that's the that's the goal, really, it's, you know, improving this quality of life. And something we've discussed over this time is that over the human lifespan, right, muscle will atrophy, it will begin to break down because of the, the ceasing of uh, chemical and neural reactions within the body, or I should say chemical reactions and neural connections within the body. So there is uh, a less, uh, there is a, a less ability, if you will, for it to, to have a contributing factor to the rest of the body's functions because of a, a, a lower presence of hormones um, because there is less neural activity all over the body in general. Um, and one of the theoretical reasons is because as you get older and you have less energy, you are less physically active. So individuals who are less physically active or sedentary muscle is going to naturally atrophy because if you don't use it, you lose it. So why that is, as we discussed, is because every single every single muscular movement is a contraction. So if you do not allow contractions to happen in, in the greatest environment possible, if they aren't repeated, then there would the, the body is going to stop 
using what it doesn't need. It only makes sense because the, the energy is limited, right? The body only has a certain amount of energy to distribute to certain functions. And ones that are more important are going to have more of that energy. So if something is not being used, it only makes sense to redirect energy to places where it could be used more. But <clears throat> the paradox of that is, the, the, the more you use it, the less you use it, because as we discussed with the human machine over this time, is it is one of the most adaptive machines on planet Earth. It is designed to respond to external stimuli. So what you present to it, it will then adapt and and promote <laughs> a, a, a better environment for what that, whatever that is. And, and I, I speak so generally because there's thousands, maybe even millions of the, of these interactions um, that the body can, can respond to respond to, right? Even over this time, we still have yet to understand it all. But the fascinating thing is now we have the ability to talk about it, to discuss these phenomena and allow people who once didn't have the information or have the access to the technology to understand the very machine that they experienced and wake up with every single day to to make sense of it and not only that to to make it better so <clears throat> with our discussion and the talk of the enigma of skeletal muscle we continue that chat today with one of my favorite acronyms now for those of you that have been following this journey for a while um Resistance training has always been uh, my focus, and now we have the ability to justify why it is so important to focus on resistance training, basically because everything that we just said. So there are hundreds of thousands of, of combinations of how <clears throat> somebody could build uh, their their strength in, in skeletal muscle profile, right? But to avoid cognitive paralysis and the confusion that comes with human performance. And, you know, this idea of, oh, I mean, what should I do? So I'm just going to do nothing. Or I feel like I'm just going into the gym and just, you know, doing anything. Or I'm just watching some video on YouTube and I don't even know if it's working. So our goal is to cut all that out, minimize the confusion and to to maximize the promotion. <clears throat> and there are uh, a lot of different uh, mechanisms that one could use to their advantage. And, uh, you know, from my time in the military, I absolutely love acronyms because it simplified everything. It made things really easy. You can say an acronym and people would understand. So a couple years into, into my journey, when I started training, I, I came up with this acronym um, through some of the things that I found were most effective to promote uh, anabolic and horm hormonal and contractile environments to develop muscle. And one of those acronyms amongst the many that we will discuss is RIOT. And RIOT stands for resistance, intensity, what used to be overload is now omniplanar, and timing. Now, though today, you know, we're moving pretty fast, but we won't take too much time to discuss each and every single component, right? We just want to break down exactly what each mean to allow someone to take it today and go out and use it. So when we talk about the riot acronym, if you want to <laughs> don't start a literal riot. OK, <laughs> this riot is to go to war against against your, your, your former self to improve your performance. OK, so when we talk about the R resistance, it's commonly agreed, not a theory science backed, that the only way to improve muscular strength and power is through resistance training. Right. Yoga, Pilates and, and body contouring and 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 body weight exercise all these things are great right each of them serve a different purpose to a different population and wherever you are in your life you may have a different requirement for each of them I'm not gonna knock them but the only way to improve muscular strength 
in power is through resistance training. And that is through means of external loads. So what that means is in order to, to develop the most skeletal muscle, muscle, muscle possible for you, you have to do resistance training. There's, there's no going around that. If whatever your requirement is or whatever your desire is, great. But if your desire is to develop skeletal muscle for locomotion, for strength, or for power, then you you have to introduce external loads to the body in the form of, I mean, we have billions of them, weights. So weight training is going to be the key, and it's also the catalyst for the acronym. So the I, intensity, we commonly discuss this idea of intensity and, you know, what intensity is, is right for me, what intensity is right for my mother, my father, my brother, what intensity is right for my dog, you know, what intensity is right for the lady, Lady Queen Sarah down the street or for Mr. Magladena. I don't just made those people up, don't know who they are, if they're real. I mean, wow. <laughs> but uh, intensity is relative to the individual, but we have understood that the greater the intensity the more motor recruitment which means more neural firing which means more capability for muscle to grow and develop so the more intense your resistance training is the greater chance you have of developing more muscle more on that later now this idea of the o omni planner what used to be overload I've kind of switched to this idea of Omni Planner because again, overload is is so obscure and I'll be completely transparent with you all that 99.9% .9 of people do not understand the, the concept of adequate recovery. So if you re have a recommendation of overload when it comes to your training, uh, because people don't recover appropriately as it is, it's kind of difficult to to say you should do overload training to develop skeletal muscle. Because even if you overload, uh, even if you overload in a training protocol, if the recovery is an A1, if it's not, if it does not match, then uh, you could be doing more harm than good. And then you start getting into trains like in, in and, and overtraining and, uh, general adaptation syndrome. And, you know, there's a lot of things, uh, that there's, there's a lot of risks that outweigh the benefits when we speak on overload specifically. So I made a decision to change it to Omni planner, which is more usable and more adaptable to, you know, in a sedentary enthusiast or, uh, even an athletic individual. <clears throat> and basically what it states is that workouts should break all planes that divide the body. Now, as you probably know, but if you don't know, I'll say it now, the, 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 the realm of motion for the human body it is divided into certain planes. And though there's, I mean, there's arguments about multiple planes existing, but let's, let's just keep a commonality here. Uh, three planes, right? Transverse, sagittal, and frontal. Uh, frontal is pretty self-explanatory. When we talk about frontal, it's dividing your body into front and back segments. The sagittal plane divides the body into left and right halves, while the transverse plane divides the body into top and bottom. So this idea of omniplanner is designing or exercising um, with a specific protocol that breaks each of the planes. Uh, <clears throat> and though that may, se may seem difficult, I can assure you that is it is a lot uh, easier 
than um, easier done than understood. So the goal is to, and, and it's difficult because I can't I can't give specific exercise recommendations um, without showing. But I I, I would say uh, when we talk about the anatomical planes is if you are not doing um, curling, bending, squatting, and pushing motions in the same uh, exercise session, then most likely you are not giving your body the best possible chance of motor recruitment and the best possible chance of, of growing muscle. And <clears throat> because that because the theory is, is, is very, very broad, I don't want to get into it too much, it provides this dynamic environment for total body strength because you want to mimic um, normal body movements as much as possible and when you do that and you introduce external loads and open up the full range of motion and you're literally giving yourself the best possible chance um, the, in the best possible environment so <clears throat> finally when we talk about the t right and i know we're moving super fast but if if I if I didn't move through all of these very fast, uh, trust me, we would be here for hours. But I want to I want to establish a baseline and give you something that you could take right now and go out today and use. So the T timing timing is 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 key. And though we won't talk about, you know, circadian rhythm and circadian pattern in today's episode, but we will discuss it a little bit uh, later on. Uh, timing as far as the riot acronym is the amount of rest in between sets and the amount of rest in between sessions. Now, again, it is going to be subjective to the user and how good you are with your recovery. But understand that muscle is not built in the gym or during resistance training. It is built during recovery. So if you don't give your body enough time to recover, yes, of course you can still you your, your body's still going to repair itself because that's that's natural to the muscle synthesis process. But understand that our goal is to understand these foundational principles to give it the best possible chance. So when we talk about uh, resistance, first and foremost, you got to lift some weight. <laughs> you, have to, you have to provide the body with an external load to be able to adapt outside of body weight and normal movements. Intensity is key. The more intense, without overload, the greater the chance of muscle motor recruitment and force production. Omniplanar movements. Since the body is naturally divided up into multiple planes, why not experiment a little bit and give give yourself the best possible chance by uh, doing one or two or three, depending on your capabilities and your technique th th that uh, moves through the range of motion of, of each of the planes, right? Give that total body experience. And I'm not doing like, I'm not talking about vertical loading or, you know, doing exercising every muscle group, but understand that like squats can move through multiple range of motions or a forward lunge to a shoulder press is a, a great way to, to challenge those multiple planes as well. And then timing rest in recovery is going to be very key and how much time you put in between your sets and in between each session is is going to be crucial but we're going to discuss all of these in much more detail and in so many episodes <laughs> coming coming forward i think <laughs> it's exciting and, and it's 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 just i'm antsy all right but you know until next time stay durable my friend